Well, good morning, people of God. How are you today? Beautiful day. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, my name is Vicar Stephanie, and I am a recent seminarian grad. So a big thank you to you as a congregation for supporting me on that journey. Uh, I'm just so grateful for your uh, support. First of all, just a few announcements. Special welcome to all those visiting here today or online. Know that you are most welcome here. Wherever you are uh, on this journey of faith, this church will welcome you. Amen? Those who come here. Um, if you are watching online today, we ask that you would gather the things that will serve as your elements, bread and wine, or anything will do. Our God loves to work through the ordinary. Just a few announcements today. Um, first is that Pastor Dave and Pastor Kelsey are obviously not here, right? Uh, so they are on um, a nice break. We, we send our prayers and love with them as they go forward and pray that they are sa- traveling safe uh, and that they have a restful and rejuvenated week. Second, uh, please be sure to co- uh, continue to check out the constant contact email that you get from the church that keeps you up to date on what's going on in the church. If you're not on that list, feel free to talk to Nancy or to call the office and speak to Jennifer next week, and they'll put you on that list. Lastly, and I think it's funny that Pastor Dave put this in here, please pray for me today. <laughs> And for the people of Christ Lutheran in Waterford, I have been offered a call, uh, and they are voting on that call today. I am just um, blown away by the gift of grace in my life. Uh, If you've known the, the journey that I've been through in the last three years, it has been a rough go for me and our family, and God is good. And so we ask that around 11.30, 12 o'clock, you would continue to pray that God is doing what God wants to do at that church. So we are hopeful that it is me, but we are also okay if it is not. (laughs) Uh, And before we jump into uh, um, our opening praise song, I invite you to stand as able and just greet each other with the peace of the Lord. Peace be with you all. And those watching online, peace be with you. You're also welcome and invited to um, grab your cell phones and text a message of peace be with you to someone who you think might need to hear that today. So peace be with you. Let us pray. Teach us, good Lord God to serve you as you deserve, to give and not to count the cost, to fight and not to heed the wounds, to toil and not to seek for rest, to labor and not to ask for reward, except that of knowing that we do your will through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, and all of God's people say, amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning again. Grace and peace to you from the God who formed you, from the Savior who redeems you, and from the Holy Spirit who calls you each by name. Amen. We're going to read the uh, gospel reading today, Matthew 10, verses 24 through 39. A disciple is not above the teacher, nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher and the slave like the master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they malign with those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered. 
and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim from the rooftops. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs on your head will be counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I also will acknowledge before my father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I also will deny before my Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set man against father, and daughter against his mother, daughter-in-law against mother-in-law, and one's foes will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Wow, that's a pretty heavy text, isn't it? It is a very tough text to talk about. This text This is not in my sermon. (laughs) This text has been used for years to separate families, to say if you don't agree with what your child is doing or the lifestyle they've chosen, that you can disown them. It's been used in harmful ways, and today I hope to tell you what it's really talking about. It seems so anti-Jesus, right, to be talking about lack of peace and families being torn apart and fear. Is there anything more pervasive than fear? If you are breathing and have a pulse today, you know fear. It is part of our experience as humans. From the moment we are born, we are plagued with fears that are fed to us from everywhere. Even our parents. Amongst the top hits I heard as a child was, don't do that, you'll hurt yourself. Be careful or you'll fall off the playground. Don't talk to strangers. You'll get kidnapped. And as we get older, our fears seem to have grown too. Great. Now now there are grown-up fears. What would you give for your kid fears today? The boogeyman under the bed seems so much more preferred to the things that we see and hear about on the news as adults. I mean, you don't have to look very far to see that this world is in turmoil. Natural disasters, wars, violence against our children and the places that they should be safe. And don't get me started on politics. (laughs) We're taught to fear each other. Now the fear the stranger thing has a whole new meaning. We hear rhetoric over and over about how we should fear our differences as humans. Fear is a part of our lives. That's a given. It's what we do with that fear as called disciples of Christ that's important. And in this life, there are all sorts of motivational speakers and life coaches They have, well, they charge all kinds of money, right? (laughs) And they have all sorts of fancy quotes about fears. 
Just read a couple. Fear is an obstacle that just stands in the way of your progress. Hmm, no doubt, right? (laughs) Please tell me something I don't know. Or this one I love. Do the thing you fear and keep doing it over and over until you don't fear it anymore. Easier said than done, facing your fear. My favorite quote, though, is from Yoda in Star Wars. Fear is the path to the dark side. And that one, I think, has some merit to it. To give in to that fear is to spiral into a dark place. But what's the good news here? I can give you the cliff notes before we go any further and say that the love of Jesus is the light in that darkness. Amen? But let's back up a little bit. Last week in the text, it ended with a pep talk, sort of. Jesus told his disciples that going out as a follower of him was like being sent uh, as a sheep amongst wolves. Do you remember that? Yikes. Thanks, Jesus. (laughs) Sign me up for that one. Why the scary language? Why does Jesus not sugarcoat things? Because Jesus' disciples knew fear. That's why he said today, do not fear. I know the number of hairs on your head. His most trusted disciples, the 12, knew fear. They had doubts about what they were called to do. And let's be clear, they were called to change the world as they knew it. To teach the gospel, which was a radically inclusive kind of love that the world had never heard of. And people weren't going to like it. Amen? This put a bullseye on their backs. That's scary. They were afraid. These were the men who walked with him and talked with him. And I don't know about you, but that makes me feel a little bit better. Because if I'm honest, if the people who actually touched Jesus and heard his voice in their ears in lifetime can have fear and doubt, I can breathe a little bit easier. What this says to me is that I don't have to be perfect. I'm allowed to have fears. I'm allowed to have doubts. I'm allowed to not get it right all the time. And thank God. (laughs) Because I don't know about you, but I'm not perfect. And yet, Jesus calls me. You don't have to be perfect. And yet, Jesus calls you, dear ones. To live and love in the world as he would, even if it seems a little scary. Jesus names the fear because he recognizes that fear is what will prevent discipleship. It causes the failure of our discipleship. Jesus understands that to give in to that fear means you can't live like him. And that's ultimately what it is to be a disciple of Christ. Jesus is in a way saying, feel the fear and do it anyways. The difference between that and the world's motivational version of that quote is that our God walks with us. Amen? Jesus also says that the disciple is not above the teacher. We who follow him live with the persecutions that come from that. But Jesus isn't asking us to go anywhere he hasn't already been. He was sending the disciples out to change the world. And society does not like it when you start spreading Jesus and God's promises around. Because everything that Jesus says and does is expressly anti-cultural. Can you admit that? 
We are called today to do the same thing, to boldly do this love in life. So what do we do next? What does it mean to be a follower of Christ? What exactly did he call the disciples to do, and what are we called today to be as disciples of Christ? Well, it says we are called to shout the good news from the rooftops. Because, dear ones, this is good news, in spite of all the fears and struggles we face in this world. The good news is that Jesus loves everyone, and that includes people with differences we are taught to fear. And that, praise God, includes us. Amen? As disciples, we are called to do some scary things, to stand up against the majority that says differences are bad, to take a stand against injustices in this world. The majority doesn't want this. They don't want to hear that we should love all. They want us to leave things just as they are. And that is why Jesus said, I did not come to bring peace. Let's be clear. He isn't a war starter. He's not telling you to take up arms. He's saying that as disciples, when you live as Christ would, people don't like it. To be a disciple of Jesus is to love the world. To truly understand and live out the love of Christ in our lives is to challenge systems of oppression that have unequal power dynamics. To love like Jesus is to love all as he does. Jesus calls us to not let fear of differences or the unknown drive us. Jesus calls us to live with love front and center, to lead with compassion, understanding, and acceptance. That love is all-inclusive. Love all the time to all people. Jesus invites all to this table. It is wide and long and inviting. And praise God, no one is left out. To the world, this kind of love, Jesus' good news, is subversive and hard to understand. It challenges the status quo and those in power. And to some in power, they think they're already living like Jesus would want them to. But if you really study the Bible, what does it say? Example after example shows Jesus helping the poor, working for the marginalized. And this is what we shout from the rooftops. And people will get mad about it. Because in this way, being a disciple of Jesus is risky business. And that's what Jesus was warning the twelve about. He says, when you love like he did... People are going to get upset, and it says in the Bible today, even families will argue. To be his disciple is to choose to make peace in the world as Jesus would. This kind of love and peace is not about making sure everyone's happy and being careful not to ruffle any feathers. This kind of love and peace is about making sure to let others know that all are welcome. Amen? You are called, dear ones, and set apart to tell a hurting world that Jesus loves them, that Jesus' love is for all, no matter what other people say. This might be hard for some of you to hear, but God is saying very clearly that Jesus came to make peace, not to keep the peace. There's a difference. This is a peace that if we're honest, 
can get us into sticky situations. To live in love like Jesus is to spread the joy we feel from being fully blown away by the gift of God's grace in our lives. Amen? We get to do the scary thing. And it looks a whole lot like things that we are told we should be afraid of. Like loving the trans or non-binary kid that walks in this church. Like turning the other cheek and meeting violence with love. Or giving resources to those in need and being generous to those who have no way to be generous back to us. Really living like Christ looks like not believing the lie of scarcity and that we serve a God of abundance. We are told to fear engaging in difficult and hard conversations with one another and really sticking it out. Not until we necessarily agree, but until we see the other person as a beloved child of God, made in God's image, loving like Christ is choosing to stay in that relationship And that choosing that staying in relationship is more important than being right. Amen? It's listening to people and voices that are different than yours. And believing them when they tell you the experience of things in their lives. And knowing that the Spirit is with us. We get to not fear all these things and bring justice to a world so that there will be peace. Both in our hearts and to the people around us. That is what we're called to do. To not let fear keep us from living this challenging life as a disciple of Christ. None of this makes sense to the world around us, amen? But our God calls you to that kind of justice. Because to Jesus, when there's no justice, there is no peace. That's what the scripture is talking about today. Friends, I hope you can see that our faith calls us to do the scary things. But it's more than that. Our faith calls us to more than fear. It calls us to shout out God's kind of peace from the rooftops and to trust that our God will go with us and before us through all the scary parts of that. Friends, our God cares about you more than that sparrow that we read about. He loves you enough to count the hairs on your head And loves you enough to speak the truth to you about what we are called to do as people of faith. Our faith calls us to engage in this world around us as true lovers of the gospel. To show God's overwhelming and unconditional love to a hurting and divided world. Is this hard? Sure it is. But it doesn't have to be. Because when you're a disciple of Christ, this is a natural side effect of the gift of grace in our lives. It just spills over onto the world around us. Amen? So may we all lean into this love and step into our calling as disciples of Christ to help the world better know this gift of radical inclusivity. Go this week with that message in your heart. Amen. Please stand if you are able. Trusting in God's abundant mercy, let us offer our prayers for a world in need. At the end of each prayer, I will say, God of grace, please say, hear our prayer. Let us pray. 
You entice your church to speak truth that challenges false notions of peace. Prevail upon us with the good news of Christ's death and resurrection, that we are compelled to share the gospel with all the world. God of grace, hear our prayer. Under your watch, not even a sparrow goes unnoticed. Safeguard plant and animal habitats threatened by melting glaciers, rising oceans, and receding coastlines. Amplify the voices of those calling for responsible stewardship of the Earth's resources. God of grace, hear our prayer. Our world is enduring violence and destruction. Rescue your people and nations experiencing conflict or crisis. Thwart the efforts of those who sow chaos and terror and guide those working to bring about peace and reconciliation. God of grace, hear our prayer. Lord, you have counted even the hairs on our heads. Reassure anyone experiencing poverty, homelessness, unemployment, or exploitation that every life has value. Look favorably upon all who struggle, especially those we name now, either silently or out loud. Answer us, for your steadfast love is good. God of grace, hear our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and all those too deep for words through Jesus Christ, our Lord, as we now pray the prayer he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory for an ever and ever. Amen. We now take a moment to reflect on our week and confess those times we failed to live as God would have us to live. Please repeat after me. God of life, we confess that we are wrapped up in sin and cannot free ourselves. We nurture conflict and build walls. We neglect the needs of our neighbors and ignore the groaning of creation. Have mercy on us. Where we are self-centered, open our hearts. Where we are reluctant, Give us courage. Where we are cynical, restore our trust. Renew us with your grace and give us the hope of new life in you. Amen. And now, people of God, hear this. In the mighty mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us and for his sake forgives us all of our sins. As a called member of the Church of Christ and by God's authority, I therefore declare unto you the forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. At this time, I invite you to take out your communion kits. And if you're at home, gather the things you need for your elements. And you just kind of flip that little tab open and pull out the wafer. As we prepare ourselves to receive the gifts of Jesus Christ. On the night in which he was betrayed, 
Our Lord Jesus took the bread and gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. People of God, the body of Christ given for you. And again, after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks and gave it to all to drink, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this for the remembrance of me. People of God, the blood of Christ shed for you. Amen. People of God, may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you always in God's grace. And all of God's people say... Amen. And finally, thank you for prayerfully giving to King of Kings to help support our ministries and the amazing work God does here. We consider as Lutherans offering to be a form of worship, right? We give of our time, our talents, our money, and the, and the donations that you give to the church are for outside these four walls as well to do good. Any little bit that you give is appreciated. There's buckets on the exit there. And finally, um, rise for the blessing, if you would. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace this week go with god amen i've been told to give one more announcement that's that there are complimentary blood pressure screenings on your way out so please take advantage of that it's an important thing uh, we probably thing. should have done a slower song <laughs> <laughs> and until next week people of god go in peace and share the good news